We do embrace chaos on this podcast. But I appreciate you doing your um, legal due diligence. We're going into the Matrix. Yeah, why do we always talk about movies? I don't know. That's pretty much all the movies. (laughs) You're not wrong. Welcome to another potentially useful episode of the TCAP Salute Podcast. My name is Larry Burden, and joining me after using all her multiversal edtech abilities to bend one hour of code into a full week, it's Danielle Brostrom. <laughs> and streaming in from an undis- undisclosed location outside the Matrix, pulling all the TCAP strings, it's Sophie Legault Bradley. Welcome to the pod, finally. It's so exciting to have you on. I am finally here. Wow. Before we allow Sophie to explain all of her behind-the-scenes EdTech machinations, let's prepare to expand our consciousness with TCAP's loop, Moment of Zen. The first step to expanding your reality is to discard the tendency to exclude things from possibility. E.E. E. Cummings. All right, so I got I to gotta be honest. Not since we had uh, uh, Thomas Palawachi on the pod have we had the opportunity to uh, talk to somebody that's I think as essential and maybe unknown as far as their job duties as, as you, Sophie. So, I mean, what do you do? Let's pull that thread. I mean, what, what is it that you do? What because, is it that you do here? Well, you know, I, I was trying to think of specific things, you know, like, you know, specific ways to come into this. And it's so, what, what you do is so tied to so many things and so like intermeshed with how we run schools now, I think you're the best equipped to actually kind of give us a general idea and then we'll kind of go from there. Well, I hope I can explain it uh, because it is sort of a a big cloud to some people. Um, Number one, that don't know that I'm here or what I do, Um, but I'm the database manager. And what does that mean? You know, um, people think of PowerSchool as our database, our student information system, but it's much more than that. We have systems that run our lunch, Meal Magic. We have systems that run transportation. We have Versatrans. We have systems that run our library. That's Destiny. We have systems that run our attendance and our parent contact, and that's Bright Arrow. So we have data flowing over to the ISD for Otis. So those are just some of the databases that we maintain, and those are all interconnected. So basically, I make sure that all of the data flows going between all of those systems are working. And it's sort of like a big bowl of spaghetti. It really is. (laughs) And at the heart of that bowl of spaghetti is PowerSchool, and then it's reaching out to Versatrans, and Versatrans is sending some stuff back, and it's reaching out to Meal Magic, and Meal Magic is sending some stuff back. It's reaching out to Destiny to populate information. Um, so I'm making sure all of these systems that are separate systems are all integrated together and sharing their data back and forth. Yeah, I've been in the school system for a while, more than two decades at this point in time. And I remember early issues with databases talking to each other. Actually, I remember mm-hmm. pre-database. So, And it always struck me that, gosh, wouldn't it be so much more efficient if some of these different databases were actually communicating? And I always wondered mm-hmm. why they didn't. Through knowing you and some of what you do, it suddenly made a lot more sense 
why they didn't in the level of complexity to untangle the spaghetti. Sometimes untangling the spaghetti is easier in some instances than other. And the the heart of our database, of course, is our student information system, which is PowerSchool. And so if we're going to make that system talk to, let's say, Meal Magic, we have to figure out how we're going to do that. So typically there's a set of standards of data that that system has to receive, and we have to make sure it's coming out of PowerSchool in a way that it can accept it. And so that usually is not like just pressing a button and making that work. There's usually code behind that. And so there's code to send the data somewhere in a format that it can um, take in, and then it's bringing that data in, and the same with getting it out. So it's different with every application. Not one application is the same. So, Sophie, we've talked a lot about this in our department, but I would love to have this discussion here for our listeners. <laughs> but why is it important that the products we use talk to each other? Because it's not just the databases. It's all the ed tech things that we use, right? Right. And so we have probably 15 plus programs that we send data to or receive data from back and forth. And so why it's important is there are some basic things when you're looking at a product, let's say it's Think Central or it's Seesaw or it's IXL, um, there are certain things, certain types of data you need to send to them. First of all, your students, if the student is going to have an account in that platform, the student data needs to be there. The teacher is going to have an account, the teacher data has to be there. And if you're going to set up classes, the classroom data has to be there. And so you're sending all of this data over to that platform to have it all come together in that platform so the students and teachers can log in into the correct course. And so each platform has its way of doing that. Some are more simple than others, but there's many different pieces that have to come together. So if you can't get the data out of your system to get into theirs in a nice, easy fashion, and you have to do it by hand, that's very time consuming. Because let's say start a school year, we send all of our data over to that platform. What happens the second week of school? You get a new student. You get a new student. And so then if you're manually doing that, then you have to manually throw that new student into the system. And then a month later, what happens? Well, the student leaves, then another student comes in. So you're constantly doing teachers change. Something happens, you have to change the teacher. There's a lot of data that you don't think about. You think about, oh, the school year's starting, we're sending the data, we're good to go. Not the case. Kids are coming and going, teachers are changing, sometimes classes are changing, um, so there's a lot of data movement. And then there's well, the grades piece too, right? Then there's the grades piece, yes. Yeah, so touch it and my grades will flow into power school nicely. Yeah, that's a misconception. <laughs> and you know, when you're looking at new products, salespeople make it look really good. You know, I love salespeople. They do a great job promoting their product, but sometimes they don't have all the information that they need to tell you whether it will connect to what you're using. And they'll, they'll make promises that they aren't necessarily know that whether their product can do that or not. So it's very important sometimes to dig in a little bit um, to find out what, what does that mean when they say, oh yeah, it'll connect. 
What does that mean? How will it connect? What pieces need to be done to make that happen? And so it's not just magic. Um, I wish I had a magic wand, really, that would take care of all of that, but I haven't found one yet with those types of powers. So yeah, it's very important to ask the critical questions of, if I'm looking at a new product, how is that going to integrate with what we're currently using? And it doesn't mean that if there's no integration piece automatically that it can't be done. It just means that, okay, if it's not automatic and there's not an automatic integration, how do we then have to proceed to make that happen? And is that going to be an additional fee? Does that mean programming? Does that mean code? How are we going to do that? So grade passback can be very complicated. And typically, it's the companies that have to talk in the background to agree for access to their system to make that occur. So I can't just say, oh, yeah, we can do a grade passback if the two companies haven't agreed to exchange that data already. It sounds like you may have run into that before. Yeah, I've run into a lot of different scenarios. <laughs> you know, I, I use the analogy a lot of you're trying to change tires while you're mm-hmm. going down the road because it never yes. really stops. Yeah. For you, it's more like I'm changing the entire engine. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pulling yeah. out the engine yeah. and it's a very complex system. It's not like you're putting in a t- putting on a new tire. It's right. you're, you're connecting all the parts and you're the main that what you do oftentimes is the main driving engine that all the other pieces need to have working to be efficient. It's not a want, it's a need. And if, if you could, could you talk about how that has changed? How much more complex has that spaghetti gotten? Well, it's gotten a lot more complex. And, and you know, once we hit COVID, it even became more complex because it, it put virtual learning into the mix as well and virtual students. So it's a lot of, in a lot of cases, we had to try to figure out how we were going to do this very quickly. A lot of things that we used to do by hand or roster by hand now are done through automated routines. And so it's much more efficient and we can do that more quickly based on what we used to be able to do. So a lot of stuff that was done manually in the past has been automated. Why is it important that it's automated, especially in a district this size? Putting it in feels simple for a teacher, like, oh, I can just put in my kids and go. Uh, Because we have, you know, what, 90, well, we have more than 9,500 students in our system because we also have all of our tuition-based, our preschools and our summer school and our extended day, and all of those students are in our system. So we're looking at, you know, 10,000 students in our system and trying to manually roster those into a platform and keep it current every day, that would be like a full-time job for a couple people trying to just keep up on that. And a lot of these systems are critical. We certainly want to make sure we have the kids in the system to get transported so they're in the busing system. We want to make sure they can eat lunch and they're in the lunch system. Um, Not to mention our student information system We do state reporting and we have to accurately account for our students there. So yeah, it's very important for that automation. Otherwise, we'd just be spinning our wheels like a car stuck in sand. We have a, specifically our district, I think we have a a high-end, high-performance car that we're dealing Mm -hmm. with here. Um, And really, when it comes down to student academic performance, if you don't have all those systems talking to each other, how are you going to track student performance? Right. And one of the, one of the right. great benefits of having a strong technological base in our district 
is the ability. And sometimes we take it for granted. And I know previously we're like, oh, it's easy to track a student from kindergarten to fifth grade. Well, if you're manually doing all that work, that's it's it's not going to happen. You're not going right. to have accurate data all the way through to you know their entire educational career at TCAPS or people coming in and coming out or you know all all the all the different variables. It's just it's it, it's an impossibility. The fact that we're so much closer, and I don't you know maybe we it's a absolute now. I don't I I would doubt it just because the level of complexity. But the fact that we can actually do that now that we can track student performance and student activity and then make real concrete decisions on what is best for our different cohorts of students is is amazing or individual students. We couldn't do yeah. that before. Right. And it's very important the data be accurate and in there, you know, uh, and we can analyze it as quickly as we can. So there's just a lot of data points that our district has in a lot of different systems. And sometimes bringing those data points together so that they're all meaningful, you know, we get request to pull data for many different reasons. We do have an analytics platform um, so that some of that data can be viewed like attendance, discipline, and grades. But we still have a lot of data out there that there isn't necessarily one neat place to go get all of it. So we get people who will put in requests and say, well, you know, I need these NWA results or I need these SAT results and I need it for this group of students. And this is what I'm looking to compare. So there's always people too making requests for us to for data that they want to analyze. And it could be to try to figure out the efficiency of a program or because they're you know filling out a grant application or you know many, many reasons. Sophie, let's say that I am a teacher or an admin and I would like to have you involved in the use of a new product that we want to roll out. Ideally, when should I start these conversations with you? Like the week before? <laughs> the week before you want to roll it out? Would probably, yeah. I mean, is that enough time, right? I mean, yeah, that would what do you think? Be, yeah, that would, might be a bad decision. You know, you I would something about about just about press it. You just need to press the button, right? Isn't now, that what you said earlier? I would happily do it the week before if I had the magic wand. Or I could press this button over here. That was easy. And it would be that easy. But, you know, unless you come to me with the magic wand the week before is probably not a good idea. Um, as soon as you're thinking about the product or looking at the product or considering even using the product, it would be good to reach out. One of the things that you said earlier in, in, in regards to this is you've seen a lot of products come into the district. And oftentimes prior to the purchase of the product, from the teacher's perspective, asking you prior to that purchase would probably be really useful because you might actually know the questions to ask yeah. the salesperson that are actually relevant to our specific district. The salesman as or salesperson, as you know, will probably say, yeah, we can do that. Or yes, mm -hmm. it'll talk to this. And yes, it'll work with your student information system. As you know, that as you've said before, that's not necessarily the case, and you would be the one to actually be able to answer that question or ask the appropriate question to the salesperson prior to the purchase. Yes, absolutely. And yeah, they will try to sell you the product, and a lot of times it will connect, but sometimes there's an additional cost to make that connection happen. It just depends on, on the platform. Sophie, do you work alone or do you have a team? Yep, I have a team. Um, I have Bruce and Ernie on my team right now. So I have like uh, one's part-time, one's full-time. 
Yeah. And uh, we're always, you know, working on things. And, and, you know, once you set up stuff, it doesn't just always work flawlessly. <laughs> there's maintenance, just like, you know, you got to put gas in your car and change your oil. So there's certain things we do every school year. And, you know, sometimes things happen. As we know, data and computers are not always predictable. Sometimes they do have a little mind of their own and things go awry. So we're always deep in work here. You had mentioned it earlier as far as um, the online component and how that the virtual component kind of changed a lot of things. And also, you know, we included an LMS. Gosh, was it was it last year? How many years ago was it? You know, time is a flat circle. I have no idea. So I guess, <laughs> how has the LMS changed what you do having an LMS in the district? How has that kind of affected your matrix? The particular one that we're using affected the matrix in that it required some custom code. And there was a lot of tweaking to that custom code and, and it continues to be tweaked um, to get it to operate that way we want to. So it didn't really change the way that I do anything. It was just, you know, one another rostered product that was added to the list that needs to be maintained and watched. What about you, Danielle? Any, anything else? I mean, there's again, there's there's so many threads to pull here. Yeah, um, I just want to hear about um, what's one thing that you're working on right now that you're super excited about or that you just love? After doing a demo of ClassLink a couple years ago, that was on my, like, if I could have one thing under a Christmas tree at <laughs> my job, that would be it. And we got to purchase that this summer. It's basically a suite of three products. It's uh, replaced our cloud or our portal where all of our users go to click on the icons to get to their product. Um, and it also has a roster server and a one sync server. So there's three different components of it that allowed us to then use PowerSchool as a base. And then we can do what's called account provisioning to Active Directory and to Google, which means when a student gets put into PowerSchool and they're active, it's going to create their Active Directory account and their Google account. And it allows us to code it so that, you know, if it's an elementary student, it puts them in certain groups. If it's a middle school or high school, um, it can assign them all the groups that they need. And it also attaches to our the roster server. And so some products can be attached to this roster server to make rostering products um, much easier. So this purchase of this product has streamlined um, so many routines that were coded manually that it, it's just been wonderful. And we're not using, uh, there are still a couple products yet that aren't into that system um, that I look forward to getting more of them into that system by next school year. But it's just um, been a wonderful addition to our set of tools that we have here to keep efficiency and keep striving for doing things better and more efficient. And that's a continual process. You've mentioned code a lot. Mm -hmm. And when, when you started in, in the tech department, did you see yourself doing as much with code? You know, I've been in technology in schools since the 80s. And things that I went to college for... <laughs> You know, how do you prepare for something that you coded in the 80s to what you're doing now? It's just been a, a change, a lot of change. So I have to say, when I started at TCAPS, did I envision myself in this job doing code or as much code? No. And I didn't realize 
how much custom code that we had here. Um, and we've really taken some of the systems that we've had and fine-tuned them to the needs of the district. And that's why we have custom code. And what you'll find is in education, even though, yes, all of our goals are the same to educate students and provide the best education, but the way a district handles their data, their student information, and their products is going to be different, a little different for each district based on their needs. And really, the PowerSchool platform that we have and all the systems that we have, we're just lucky that we can do some of that custom code to have it meet our needs. But no, I would have never envisioned there would have been so much coding in my future, but I, I do enjoy, I enjoy what I do. Real quick on that, you know, we, we use the term code, like it's a blanket thing. What I do for coding is considerably different than what you do for coding. <laughs> for instance, um, explain what code do you use? We have two SQL servers. Well, we have PowerSchool uses or Oracle SQL. So we're coding in Oracle SQL code. We also have a, a warehouse that is Microsoft SQL. Basically the same programming can be done with that, but we're using code that will basically do SQL database queries. And it's usually either regular SQL or transactional SQL, depending on what part of the code we're doing. So, Now, when I started diving into moving on beyond my uh, typical kind of web code into that area, I ran away as quickly as possible because I recognized you had to be much smarter than I am to be able to do that. <laughs> so thank you for being in the district and doing it because I was like, no, 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 no. My brain does not work that way. Anything else, Danielle, or anything you want to add, Sophie? Happy to be here and uh, work with some great people. And technology department is really sort of interwoven into every department in our district, really, um, whether we realize it or not. Agreed. Integral. You are the weaver, the web weaver, <laughs> for sure. The data weaver. Yes. It's and a, there's it, a lot of working with people, too, that comes along with what yeah, you do, Sophie. Yeah. Even though I, I'm hidden back and saving in a room that is undisclosed to the public, but uh, you know my phone works, my email works. People can call me, um, chat anytime. And she's a really nice person, so there we go. <laughs> There's that as well. All right, do we have a tech tool of the week, Danielle? Tech tool of the week is Screencastify. I love Screencastify for doing short videos for the classroom. The free version offers um, under five minute videos. And if you purchase the unlimited for a little bit of a fee, um, which I think it's like 40 to 50% off for teachers, you get to do longer videos. Um, I think it's super easy. The editing tools are slick. I really like it for kids. Um, it's just a, a great option, solid privacy policy. Highly recommended check out Screencastify. All right. Um, in closing, follow us on Facebook and Twitter at TCAPS Loop. At Brostrom DA. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, Downcast, Overcast, the Google Play Store, <laughs> or anywhere else you get your ear candy. <laughs> Thanks for listening and inspiring. Yes, Larry. Nice. <laughs>